Welcome to the Brilliant Breakthroughs Business Podcast. We're so happy you're here today to learn about how to create fresh perspectives on profitability, people, productivity, and finding peace in your business. And that's your small business. Everyone says, what's a small business? Mike, do you remember the definition? How many people? Zero to 500, which blew me away when I first heard that because I always think of small business as 15, 20, 25, maybe 50, but 500. That's a big small business. It it is a big small business, right? The official definition from the Small Business Administration is one to 499 employees. So Mike, you you got it. Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) And, you know, what you just said about uh, um, a smaller group, like, you know, 10, 15, that's considered a micro business from the Small Business Administration. So I share that with everybody because our perception is a little off on um, what it is and everybody has a different perception of small business. So just so you know, when we say small business, we're talking one to 499 people, right, Mike? Yeah. Okay. So today we're going to dive into something that's really important. It's about your business. Is everybody ready? Your business. And I want to start by introducing myself. Hi, business rock stars. It's Maggie Mongan. Yes, you know the voice being the host for the day. I'm a tenured master business coach, trainer, and strategist for almost 20 years now. And I am the CEO of Brilliant Breakthroughs, Inc., which is a coaching practice that specializes in guiding small businesses to optimize their business brilliance, which shows up in, you know, the business performance and leadership. And I'm all about improving the underserved small business sector. I honestly believe that small businesses are the accelerant of our economy, so much so that inadvertently, I ended up founding a number one best-selling business book series for small businesses. Now, don't worry, we're going to talk about that later. But most importantly, this is what I, I would love for you to really understand. Like all good things that come together, I did not do this alone. What did I do? I invited tenured experts to join me in the authoring process today. And today we have with us one of our tenured experts. Now, I already said Mike, so that's Mike Raber. Everybody, welcome, Mike. Wow. Yay. The crowd goes wild. And Mike is one of our returning authors. He is a three-time number one best-selling business author. And I should also say he has a few books of his own out there. And, Mike, what about that um, number one international? Oh, yes. Got to like that. <laughs> across the border Yay. yeah <laughs> we, well, we pushed out and and we did something really cool and we made global impact with our messaging so congratulations to you um and everyone it's important for you to know who mike raber is because he works with small business owners and influencers to learn about how to get out of their own way so they can oh my gosh own their expertise and fulfill their mission. Hmm. That's that's noble work. Thanks, Mike. You're welcome. It's important. Like you said, smart businesses are the bedrock of this country and globally, I believe. So yes. you can do to help the cause. 
Right, right. And yeah, the statistics say, oh, darn, I don't remember what the numbers are, but it's it's a vast majority globally are small businesses. And that would make sense when you think of um, countries that may not have all the technological advances that we do. And there's greater distances between communities that there's a lot of small businesses out there. So this is really super cool. Thank you for your great work. My pleasure. Thank you for the ability to be here, to show up in the way I love showing up. Okay. Um, and you got it. We love having you come back. You know, you've been here about 15 times already. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe maybe this is 16. I'm not really sure. But you have a, a great deal of information to share with others. And I'm really glad you're part of our community. Thank you, Mike. You're welcome, as am I cool beans. So let's talk about this. Today, um, our conversation is focused on volume four in the book series, which is the one with the beautiful amethyst or purple cover. The book itself is titled Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner. And the subtitle is really where the impact is. It's all about fresh perspectives on profitability, people, productivity, and finding peace in your business. Now, all of our books have the same title, and that's why I talk about the color of the cover to help everybody. Mm. <laughs> okay, so volume five, purple cover. Mike, your chapter is the fifth one, and it is titled, Are Your Influencer Capabilities Being Overpowered by Imposter Syndrome? What a powerful title. Mm, so true. It is. And, and I hope that that intrigues everybody right now as we um, dive into this, because we need people like you helping us. You know, we've gone through some big transitions over the last year or two, and uh, some of it is innovative, some of it is medical, and we can go in a lot of different directions with our business transformation. But you're going to take us down a very specific path for all of us. It's, it's applicable to all of us mm. to go ahead and make sure that we got our, our mind connected to our body and focused on our business when it needs to be, right? Yep, so true. And it's the proper mindset will either give us the strength and the resources to grow up a great business or it's like having a drunk monkey running amok. Oh, a drunk monkey. <laughs> Flinging poo all over. I'll add that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no fun if you're trying to run a business. <laughs> oh, no, that would be bad news. Okay, so should we just dive into it? Yep, definitely. Okay. Um, in our last few interviews slash podcast episodes, we explored how imposter syndrome can be an obstacle that stands in the way for many small business owners. And you shared some proven methods to overcome it. So what I'd like to do is a quick recap on that. And then what are you going to share today? Because I want to know. Perfect. Well, as a recap, I started this series covering the four secrets, which I have in the book on how to overcome imposter syndrome. And as a review, secret number one is own your expertise. Don't fall prey to your insecurities. Secret number two, whether or not 
your imposter, expert, or influencer lies in your belief about yourself, the mindset part and belief. Secret number three, what your mind can believe through proper conditioning you can achieve. And secret number four, be coachable and trust your mentors or guides. Now there's a lot there and I went into, you and I both went into a lot of great nuggets in the last two podcasts talking about secret number one and secret number two. But today I'm gonna discuss secret number three, what your mind can believe through proper conditioning you can achieve. Okay, I love this. So when you say um, proper mind conditioning, what does that really mean, Mike? Well, granted, when you usually hear people talking about proper conditioning, they're referring to physical conditioning, working out, getting in shape, being conditioned for an upcoming uh, um, marathon, as an example. However, in this case, by proper conditioning, I'm referring to mindset. In the book, I quoted Henry Ford, who said, whatever you think you can, or you think you can't, either way, you're right. Our mindset plays a big part in the degree to which we are able to accomplish something. It ultimately comes down to how you frame a thought, idea, or belief. Okay. I I really like that, Mike, um, because you were just talking about a physical competition, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, we have, we finally have the Olympics, Summer Olympics coming up. And you think about all of these athletes conditioning for, well, a trial and then the final competition, right? Where Mm -hmm. where they're um, hoping to place with a medal. And I just had this really cool thought of what if small business owners came into their business every day? with the same approach, commitment, attitude, mindset that Olympic athletes do. Wow, that would be <laughs> so powerful. Yeah, that, that's like million dollar businesses all over the place. Ching, 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 right? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm sorry I had to stop you because I thought that that was really cool. <laughs> no, thank you. No, that's good because it kind of breaks down the conditioning both mentally, physically that goes into, and in running a business, the physical component, there's a lot of similarities in how we condition our body, how we condition our mind, how we condition our finances, the foundation behind the business, and really the belief. And a true athlete is an athlete. I think in athletics, they refer to it as the zone. Right. Michael Jordan was popular with. People would watch him. In fact, I remember reading that but people love when Michael Jordan played because when he walked out on the floor, not only did his team do better, but the opposing team did better because of the energy he brought, the belief that people have behind it. Yeah, and, and the, that that's right. The athletes talk about zone and in business, we tend to talk about flow, but it's yeah. the exact same thing. Yeah, so true. And it kind of goes back to one of the common phrases you hear people say people will say, you need to see it to believe it, the mindset piece. I would argue that it goes both ways. You must also believe it in order to see it. It's through the belief in something 
that puts in place the visual image or manifestation of a goal or a dream. Okay. And a great example of that was a couple of years ago, I was given a vision, a dream of creating this movement of 100 million people on a global process. And when I first came up with the vision, my belief wasn't there. I was like, who? First of all, me? I don't think so. My best friend's my dog. I'm going to reach out to 100 million people. <laughs> Wrong person to be assigned this vision. <laughs> I love it. And I remember when, when your following was your dog, Lucy, right. <laughs> and me. Exactly. <laughs> and your yeah. kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You and I would joke around about how when I first started getting on Facebook, Lucy had more friends than I did. <laughs> right. <laughs> I still say one of the greatest successes I had was being able to unfriend Lucy because I no longer needed her friends. Oh, there kids. you go. So yeah, you had this really great vision bestowed upon you, right? Yeah. And it's like, what? That's right. And what's so interesting is once I fell into the vision and said, okay, it was given to me for a reason. Therefore, I have to believe that there's something to it. And I started to then visualize what it could look like. Even though I still didn't know what that image looked like. I believe that I could do it with the help of other people. And I put it out there and started talking to people about it. And because my belief in it was so strong, it started to attract other people that would say, how can we help? This is a cool vision. How can we become part of that? And it was through, and it's an ongoing, will continue to be an ongoing process because it's such a big vision. But now, because my belief is so strong, it's just figuring out the pieces and allowing the vision manifest into the goal or dream that I see. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. I love that because it's very practical and you made that easy for us to understand. Thank you. So Mike, what are a few ways that you have had this whole, um, what do I want to say? achieve mind conditioning achievement beliefs connecting all this together how have you had this show up in your life you gave us one example two actually a dog mm -hmm. and 100 million strong okay but i know you have more so yeah. can we can we break it down to something that's a little more practical and tactical yeah and actually when it comes down to writing since we're talking about a book series and the process of believing when I grew up I was a C student in English at best and many people would say you should write a book or you should write about this adventure and I would think to myself no, I don't think so I know how to write and over a course of time I had written a book of my daughter and I wrote a book by myself so I had two completed books that were published and then you and I started working with a bunch of other amazing people on volume number one I remember you and I were talking one day about how it would be, I should start a blog. And my looking at you and thinking, yeah, I could see that. Again, my belief was I'm not a writer, even though I had written two books. <laughs> my belief was I'm a C student and C students don't write blogs. Even though you have evidence to prove you incorrect with that, right? Right, exactly. Because you've written two books and you published them on your own and one with you and one with your daughter, right? Yeah, so true. And it was when you looked at me and said, what do you mean you wish you could write a blog if you knew how to write? And I explained my thought and you said, but you wrote 
two books. I think there's a few blogs inside each one of those books. So why don't you go back and read the books and there'll be a few blogs to start with. I was like, oh, uh-huh. she's right. And when you said that, my paradigm changed. I saw myself as a writer. I saw myself as someone who could write a blog. Now, being completely transparent, folks, my blog has like 15 posts on it. So I have a ways to go. It's a work in progress. The restaurant is open, but under construction, as they say. But at least, at least the belief is there. It's no longer, I don't believe I can. It's now a time factor and uh, um, priority factor. Right, right. Okay, so here you are saying, oh my gosh, I can do this. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize what was holding me back. So that was proper mental conditioning, right? Yeah. And another arena, back to the business component, was I had a strong desire to gain wealth because I knew it would help me do many of the things I wanted to do in life. I want to grow this amazing business. I would need money to do so. Yet it seemed the harder I tried to gain wealth, the faster I would push it away. Oh, you know, I hear a lot of people say that, that, that the more they're trying to make something happen, the further away it would be. So they, they couldn't pull it in. So this seems like a great life example of imposter syndrome playing out with your story about writing, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, so true. And even in many ways, my beliefs about wealth and the creation of wealth and money. And one of the things I talked about in the um, the fourth volume of the Brain Breakthrough Small Business Owner series was on the surface, I wanted to attract and achieve wealth. However, from lessons I learned as a child, I believe deep down that if I acquired wealth, it would make me a bad person and I would lose the respect of those close to me. I had often been told that in order to get wealthy, one had to hurt or cheat other people. And I certainly didn't want to do that. I didn't want to be that person. On one hand, I love business and finances and knew that I could make a lot of money in business. However, my subconscious mind would fight me every step of the way. My influencer ability couldn't show up because of going back to the imposter syndrome scenario. Initially, I thought I wasn't lucky or that I didn't know enough, imposter syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) So I kept trying to learn more, hoping that I would find the missing link. The problem was because of imposter syndrome, I kept looking outside of myself for the answer. When in fact, the answer had been buried inside of me the whole time. (laughs) And I have found that many people share the same fears or concerns about money and finances, which is why I wanted to write about it in the chapter. And 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 I'm talking about it now. Right, right. You know, what you're saying is, pretty common out there. I remember the first time I really heard somebody have the imposter syndrome, just put them in success jail was, (laughs) thanks. I was sitting with a doctor and he had all of this wisdom, all this expertise, all the drive, beautiful office and he said i just can't get my head around it ha ha Mm. okay so he said every time i start to do it everything begins to unravel 
And I'm like, oh, okay. So that's, that's similar to yours as I get closer and go further. Mm-hmm. His just mm-hmm. every time he'd get there, it would just like, bloop, everything would just fall apart. And I yeah. said, <laughs> okay, so where else does this happen in your life? And he starts <laughs> laughing. Yeah. And he goes, oh my gosh, Maggie. It's when I, fo- excuse me a moment. Sorry about that, folks. He said, it's when I focus um, very specifically on making successful power moves, or Mm. I'm thinking I'm finally having this profitable, successful business, everything falls apart. And I'm Mm. like, okay, where else? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know any. And I said, okay, so what's your thoughts about money? Well, I think that money is a tool or a resource and our belief about money will determine how we use that resource. And in many ways, whether it's confidence, whether it's imposter syndrome, whether it's money, it kind of really dials down to fear and how do we show up and does fear get in the way? As an example, when it comes to designing the proper mindset around success, creating money as an example, I think fear is one of the largest ones for it prevents us from taking action. And if you think about the brain, it's an incredibly powerful machine. And our mind's primarily, our brain's primarily job is survival. So it will try to protect us, even if it's actually hurting us and keeping us stuck inside of our comfort zone. Like you said, not being the doctor, not being able to wrap his mind around something. Right. Our financial comfort zone is in direct proportion or success comfort zone is in direct proportion to our beliefs about money and what it takes to become successful. So when it comes to overcoming fear, it's important to focus on our goals and what we are trying to achieve. Fear will either hold us captive or if used right, fear can also be a great motivator. Yeah, you know, it was, you're spot on with this because Mike, what it ended up being for him was he had heard when he was young that people who were successful or people who were accomplished AKA with money were bad people like what Mm. you were saying earlier. Right. And they, Mm -hmm. they did these, well, they behaved poorly. We'll just call it that. We don't need to go into the particulars. We can all relate to that. Mm. So that's what his barrier was. And, And you said it can either hold you captive or become a great motivator. It depends if it's using us or we're using it. Right. Yep. So true. Okay, so maybe you can help us out with this. Why do we let fear stop us and reposition us as imposters when we're trying to make something awesome happen? Right, great question. And I think Mark Twain coined fear really well when he said, I have been afraid of many horrible things happening in my life, some of which actually came true (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) at the end of the day fear is what we make of it it isn't necessary to rid ourselves of fear to succeed it's just important 
to learn how we need to show up, learn okay. how to embrace that fear and how to make it work for us. And a great, I think a great key to learning how to act in spite of fear, as simple as it sounds, is simply mastered to practice. Okay, and there's, um, there's an acronym that a lot of people say um, that fear stands for. Do you know who said that? Oh yes, Zig Ziglar. And he talked about F-E-A-R, which is Spaced it. F E A R. False evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. And I'd like to say, in spite of everything that's showing up right in front of your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but I love that. So this is a skill that can be mastered through practice. And you know I love practice. Yeah, so true. Okay, then, so go ahead. I'm sorry, I was going to say, and I think that's where imposter syndrome can really run amok because it keeps us from practicing. Whereas the more we practice, we gain confidence and the more confidence we gain, the fear no longer has a place and goes away. Okay, that's great because it brings me to my next question that I want to ask you is how do we master getting our fear to work with and for us instead of against us? Ah. Good question as well. I think the first step to moving out of fear and into success is knowing what it is that you want. Clarity. Then making the direction to go or the decision to go out and get it. Mm -hmm. After that, train your mindset to be able to receive. As you practice these three steps, you will start to see wealth come your way. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's recap that. Step one, moving out of the fear, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And into success is knowing what it is that you want. Mm -hmm. Developing the clarity behind it. Right, then step two is making the decision to go out and get it. Just, you know, doesn't matter how ugly it looks. What might happen? Just go. Mm -hmm. Take action, right? Yep, so true. And then step three is the train, train your mind to believe that it's okay and you can achieve it, right? Receive yep, so it. True. And that really goes back to the example I gave earlier of creating 100 million strong. And I had to follow the first two steps. Then I had to believe and then train my mind that it, it, I, those around me have the ability to bring this into reality. And then after that point, was I able to receive? Okay, so um, what happens if we second guess ourselves? When we push it away, when we push others away who might have the answer that we're looking for, and ultimately we're not going to reach the level of success that we want or deserve. Okay. And I really think it comes down to the fact that, and this is something I often see clients who start to build well, then a mental block will get in the way and they begin to sabotage themselves. And I myself have done that over the years. I'm sure many of the listeners will find that they have as well. It's then at that point, stopping, kind of reframing the process that we talked about and developing the habit of 
instead of stopping just short of the finish line, continuing through and getting to the, the point that they really want to reach, instead of wondering why they don't get all the success that they deserve going out and commanding it. Oh, okay. So a lot of times we hear that in phrases like, um, uh, why is the last miles in a journey not traveled as often as the other miles? Well, it's because people have given up, right? Yeah. Or, or just keep going. There's only one mile to go um, because we fall short of our true goal. We just, we just throw in the towel. Mm-hmm. And that's such a bummer because you, you've done a majority of the work. You just need a little, little bit more and you'll capture all the reward. But yet we still get snagged. Yeah, so true. It kind of goes back to that kid fable. Of the, um, I, who's, I think I can. I think I can. The little blue, little blue train car who is getting, uh, going yeah. up the hill. And everybody's wondering, is he going to make it? And he keeps saying, I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. And he gets to the top of the hill. How many times do we say, stop saying, I think I can, and start saying, I wish I could have. Yeah. Or, oh, this is too hard. Or, oh, I don't Mm. know how to do it. I can't do it. I don't, whatever. Right. Okay. So these are great examples, Mike. Thanks for sharing it because it's stuff that we can all relate to and, and realize, oh, it's not just me. This happens everywhere all the time. (laughs) Okay, so Mike, you've done a great deal of research on this for your whole life, matter of fact, mm-hmm. for our listeners. Um, you know, you should go back and listen to Mike's other episodes because you'll see it all over the place. He's, he's so transparent because he wants to help you understand this and maybe take some of the ease off of your learning curve. Mm-hmm. But you've done all this research. What is one of the big ahas you had while doing the research on imposter syndrome? I would say one of the largest ones was the fact that up to 80% of our actions come from our subconscious mind. So that, yeah. So even if we think we're on track, our subconscious mind may have a different agenda. It goes back to our brain trying to keep us safe, whether it's what we want or not. Sneaky little bugger. Yeah, very true. (laughs) Which is why we have to continually be aware of the patterns and habits to which we expose ourselves. Mm. Perhaps an analogy would be helpful. When you use your computer, you may be working on one project and have another project or program working in the background. If one program that's running in the background suddenly develops a virus, I'm sure we've all have seen that. It, <laughs> would most likely mess up the project you're working, currently working on, and the project that created the virus. Our brain operates in much the same way, though much more efficiently. Oh, oh, that's both good and bad. (laughs) Yeah, so true. It's funny because people will install virus protection software on their computers to make sure that the above doesn't happen yet they leave their subconscious mind exposed to all the data around them, good or bad. Oh, this is so cool. We take care of our digital world, our digital brain, 
but we don't take care of our human mind and our subconscious mind. We expose ourselves. We're walking around without any protection. Yeah. Wow. So we're hanging true. out with people who aren't going to support our, our goals and what we want to achieve. Oh, this, this is huge. Yep, so true. I remember a long time ago, a mentor told me that I should always have something educational and positive going on in the background. And I asked him, why not just have silence? Not that silence is bad. You should, there's times where you want to meditate, etc. as well. But his answer to me was, because it depends on your output. If you don't like your output, make sure your input is equal to or better than what you're trying to get to because if you're listening to nothing that's what you're going to the output's going to derive from but if you're listening to something positive or something that is educational your brain's going to be too busy taking in the good stuff to reflect on the bad okay so what we're talking about other than like when you do your stillness which is constructive mm-hmm. right yep, um we're we're talking about Be aware of your environment and make sure that you're fortifying the positive to get you to achieve what it is you're seeking, right? Instead of allowing stuff like in the background, like crummy TV shows. Ooh, I qualified that by saying crummy. Unfavorable for Mm -hmm. what we're trying to achieve. You know, and sometimes binge, binge watching is good and other times it's not good. Mm-hmm. sometimes the shows we watch are good and they're going to support us succeeding and other times they're not is what you're saying or what yep. he's saying right so yep. we always have to be mindful of there's things that can capture us and start leading us down a path that isn't going to support our wins yeah, yeah. yep exactly okay so i love the virus thing oh that is so cool because i call my brain my brain housing unit you know like like a cpu is is a housing unit right for a computer so i i'm really digging that one mike so what's the number one reason why people don't get what they want i would say the number one reason people don't get what they want in life is they don't know what they want they spend the majority of their time thinking about what they don't have or what they can't do. Clarity about what you really want in life is essential. It gives you the ability to act. It's not what you don't know. It's what you know that just isn't so that stops you from succeeding. Oh, hold on. Hmm. Let's repeat that. It's not what you don't know is what you know that just isn't so that stops you from succeeding. Okay, sir, like Mark Twain's quote, if he had all these ideas and then only some of them happen, right? So it's it's not what you know. It's what you don't know that just isn't so. (laughs) Great, okay. Sorry to interrupt, but I I wanted everyone to really get that in. Yeah. Yeah, because otherwise it will, um, I mean, how many times do we think we know something, but in fact, what we thought we knew wasn't really what was what we wanted. That's so funny that you just said that because I was watching a video of somebody, um, can't remember who it is, and they were saying that 
a vast majority of what we're doing throughout the day is abduction, not mm -hmm. induction or deduction. And abduction is just a fancy name for guessing. Oh, who mm -hmm. is it? Who is it? Somebody on LinkedIn. And, mm -hmm. and, um, Bob, 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 what's Parker? his last name? No, 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 no. This is, this is somebody very, very cool. If you want to know, follow me on LinkedIn and you'll see his stuff come up because it's really, really cool. Anyway, he was talking about that and he said a majority of the decisions that we make all day long are simply guessing. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of crazy. Yeah, very true. It kind of goes back to computer. If you were trying to put something into your computer, you would just download a bunch of code, hoping that one of the things hit, you would make sure you download the proper code. Otherwise, your computer is going to run amok. Yeah, and I, I like this because I know you say, become aware of who you are not. And you, what's the second half of that phrase, then, Mike? Then you can go to work on who you are. Uh, if your beliefs are empowering, then you need to keep them. But if your beliefs are disempowering, then you need to let go of them. And it's very important that you continue to unlearn your old harmful beliefs and replace them with new positive ones. Kind of like my belief about money from a childhood. Once I got rid of that, I was then able to start attracting wealth back into my life. Oh, well, yeah. And just like um, here, here you are, author of two books, and you don't think you can write a blog. Mm -hmm. It's the yeah. same thing. Okay, cool. So we have to reframe it, right? Exactly. You need to reframe the past and program it with the beliefs that will move you toward what you want. In growing your self-esteem, if you choose to neglect one aspect or belief, that will be, one, that will be the one part that will get in the way. And I think it's important to remember your thoughts lead to feelings, your feelings lead to action, your actions lead to results. Let me say that one more time. I think it's an important piece. Your thoughts, mindset, lead to feelings. Your feelings lead to action. Your actions lead to results. You have many different blueprints and it's up to you to design the desired blueprint for success what do you want to happen versus what don't you want to happen clarity ah okay and i i, I like that chain uh of reactions that you're talking about set this up so it's a win i know margaret thatcher Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher is commonly quoted for something similar to that. So um, if, if somebody wants to spend more time with that, check out quarterly or something and, mm -hmm. and, and look for her because she really dials it in with those thoughts through actions and results. But I know her language is just slightly different on some of these points. Yeah. But a good quote. So, Mike, you've just dropped wisdom bomb after wisdom bomb all over the place. And I bet everybody's going to go back and listen to this and take notes and hit pause while they're taking notes. But we need to wrap this up. I'm so sorry. The good news is this is 
your fourth episode in this mini series on the imposter syndrome. So we have one more to go. Um, but before we wrap up today, here's, here's what it all comes down to. Why is it so important for small business owners to pay attention to their beliefs and or mindset? I would argue that being an expert is about having the proper mindset wired for favorable outcomes and being skilled to support such outcomes. When all else fails, and it kind of goes back to you were sharing a quote of Aristotle's, I don't want to butcher his name. Aristotle? Yes, thank you. Wisdom. Men acquire a particular quality by constantly acting in a certain way. It's common to hear people say, fake it until you make it. I have found this encourages the imposter syndrome. I would rather contend that it should be faith it until you make it. One more time. That's faith, F-A-I-T-H. Faith it until you become it. Yes, it first comes from the belief that it's possible, even if you haven't done it yet, hence proper mental conditioning. And one of the things that um, when we talk about the fourth secret, I'm going to kind of take a lot of things we talked about the day and really break it down into how to exercises that will allow you to do this yourself so you can manifest what you want in life, the success you deserve. Oh my gosh, that's going to be so fun. Thank you, Mike. You're welcome. All right. Um, gosh, we have to wrap up. I'm so sorry. But that's coming soon. Yeah. So listeners, this is how you can learn more and engage with number one international best-selling business author, Mike Raber. Start by reading chapter five in volume four of the book, Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner. That's the one with the purple cover. And at the end of Mike's chapter, he has a really cool gift at the bottom of his author page that's designed to help you improve your business success. Mike, you want to share what that is? That is a framework around, and there's a couple different lessons that they download around how to basically create the proper mindset and empower the success patterns that they want in their business. Oh, that's so cool. Thank you. And also at the end of his chapter, um, Mike has all sorts of handles on his different social media sites for you to connect with him as well. But there's also something else that's really cool. Right now, you can see everything about the book, about all the authors, but in particular, we're going to focus on Mike Raber right now. <laughs> And you can do this by downloading the book series app at your app store and it's Brilliant Biz Book. So go to your app store and type in Brilliant Biz, B-I-Z, book. And once you get there, there's a feature called Ask an Expert and you'll see Mike Raber's name there. Click on it type him a question because he loves talking about this stuff and oh, yeah. and sharing wisdom don't you mike i do yeah yeah and it's that's a really cool bonus that people have direct access to all of our experts isn't it 
Yeah, very true. I wish I had around years back when I was growing my business. I'm still growing it, but when I first started the entrepreneurial journey. Right. I know that would have been like so valuable. Um, also, I want to share with you that like we started at the beginning of our conversation, Mike's been showing up on our uh, podcast now for about 15 or 16 episodes, has a couple more to go. And we have the numbers there for you to go check out his episodes because he knows what he's talking about. And he, he has three different topics that he's been addressing in our series with great detail. So I will give you a clue. The first one is episode seven. Wow, that goes back a ways. <laughs> I know because we're in the 180s now. So, you know, as this is being recorded, so it's pretty amazing. That's five years, four years, four years. Yeah. Mike, thank you for your wisdom sharing and your time today. My pleasure. I always enjoy being here. <laughs> yeah. And, and you make it real for everyone. Thank you. And listeners, we appreciate you listening to the Brilliant Breakthroughs Business Podcast, where you learn about how to create more brilliant breakthroughs for your small business. Shine brightly until next week. Goodbye for now.